and welcome back to another episode of Short Stories for Kids. How are you guys doing? I'm Lucy, your host, and I'm here today to read you guys another magical adventure story. Ooh, we've got a great story coming up today. So today's request is from Riley, who is nine years old, and she wanted a story where there is a town and there are no parents, okay, but snow everywhere, and the kids can do whatever they want. And Riley is in the story, and she has a short day at virtual school every Wednesday, and Jenna, her six-year-old sister, doesn't go to school. Uh, And then lastly, there's Jack, who is eight years old, and he's quite hard to occupy, and he takes up a lot of their time. So, okay, we love this idea. An idea where there are no adults, there is snow everywhere, and kids can do whatever they want. Wow, I wonder what you would do if there were no adults around. Let's see what Jenna and her brothers and sisters get up to. Are you guys ready? Here we go. There was once a small town at the foot of a mountain. In the summer, the surrounding hills and fields were covered in flowers and rich green grass. But in the winter, everywhere was smothered under a blanket of snow. The town was very far from its nearest neighbor and almost never received any visitors. And that was just as well, because anyone arriving at the town would have discovered its secret. There were no adults there. On the edge of town overlooking a lake was a wooden house with a steep angled roof. It was here that Riley, her younger brother Jack, and their younger sister Jenna lived. Because there was no adults to tell the children what to do, none of the children attended school. There were no teachers for a start, but Riley still tried to encourage her brother and sister to study with her every Wednesday. She would spread books out on the kitchen table and learn how to calculate the circumference of a circle or how Oliver Twist had asked for more. But usually, she was on her own because Jenna was busy with her toys and Jack couldn't sit still for more than five minutes. Riley had spent the morning by herself learning about volcanoes, but every once in a while, she would look up and her eye would spy the fresh snow that had been falling since last night. It was already deep and looked so inviting. Her peace was shattered when Jack and Jenna burst into the room, each wrapped up in a thick coat and carrying their boots. It snowed, shouted Jack. I knew ages ago, said Riley sniffily. You would too if you'd bothered getting up earlier. Well, whatever it is that you're doing, Riley, stop, because we're going out he announced loudly as he pulled on his left boot. I've not finished my schooling yet, Riley mumbled, trying to focus on words about magma and ash. Oh, forget about that. There's snow to enjoy, Jack boomed as the other boot went on. 
Yes, come on, Riley, said Jenna. It's snow day. Riley couldn't resist any longer. The snow was just too tempting. Within minutes, they were all bundling out of the door as the final snowflakes drifted down through the cool morning air. Jack went straight to making a snowball. He just couldn't resist. But his aim was off, and so Riley avoided a splattering. In turn, she bent down to scoop up a snowball of her own. But when she did, something unusual caught her eye. Hey, look at this, she said, pointing. Footprints. Oh, they're big, aren't they? said Jenna, placing her boot inside one of the prints. The print was nearly three times as large. That's enormous, muttered Jack in amazement. It's adult-sized. But there are no adults here, Riley said, looking worried. And have you noticed anything else? Jack and Jenna stared at the prints. What? said Jenna, scratching her head under her woolly hat. Riley pointed to the front of the footprint. Look here. Those are toe prints. Whoever these belong to, they're not wearing any boots. The three of them stared at one another. This could only mean one thing. It's the Yeti, whispered Jack. Or a really tall person with cold feet, suggested Jenna. Let's follow the footprints and find out. Riley suggested. So that's what they did. Crunch, crunch, crunch went their boots as they moved across the snow. They followed them along past the lake, past their neighbor's house, over the bridge, and up to the door of the hot chocolate shop. Whoever it is, said Jack, they've gone inside. They all jumped backwards as a mighty crash echoed inside the shop. It sounded like a hundred metal spoons hitting the floor. Can you see anything? asked Jenna, trying to peer through the frosty window. I can just make out someone moving in there, but I can't tell who or what it is, whispered Riley, not wanting to draw attention to themselves, just in case. A creaking noise above them was instantly followed by a window ledge of snow crashing onto their heads. Oh, that's cold, yelped Jack as he hopped around. That's gone down the back of my top. Shh, Riley hushed. Stop being so noisy. Hi, Benedict, said Jenna. She was looking up to where the snow had come down from and spotted the boy that ran the hot chocolate shop peering down at them. Benedict was looking worried. Help, he said. I've got a burglar. We know, said Riley as loudly as she dared. Whoever it is, we've been following them. Another crash from inside sounded like several tins being knocked over and a couple of mugs breaking. They're trashing the place, squilled Benedict. Oh, we've got to do something, said Riley. But suppose it's a Yeti, worried Jack. We go in there and it might eat us. Or it might just be someone with cold feet, reminded Jenna. We'll need something to defend ourselves with, Riley decided. Then we'll go in and shoo them away, whoever it is. The others agreed. 
And so, moments later, Riley armed with a broom, Jack carrying a hockey stick, and Jenna waving a snowshoe, quietly opened the hot chocolate shop door. The place was a mess. Chairs were tipped over, marshmallows littered the floor, and milk dribbled down the counter. And there, beside the hot chocolate machine, stood the towering form of a yeti. He was covered in thick white fur, and he had to crouch down to avoid banging his head on the ceiling. Ahem, said Riley, not quite sure what to say. The yeti stared at them, an angry look on his face, making them all take a step backwards as they lifted up their weapons. Why do you humans make everything so small and fiddly? He said, clearly frustrated. Look at the size of my fingers. They're huge. Every time I try to press a button on the machine, I manage to press three others. Jenna lowered her snowshoe. Do you want a hot chocolate? She asked. You bet I do, said the frustrated Yeti. I tell you, I'm freezing. It's not easy living up a mountain all your life. Here, said Jenna, setting the snowshoe down on a table. I'll help you. A short time later, they had uprighted the chairs, mopped up the milk, picked up the marshmallows, tins and spoons, and generally got the whole place back to normal. Even Benedict had dared to come downstairs and had insisted on serving up some warm pastries for everyone. Oh, that's just lovely, that is, said the happy Yeti. He was taking up most of the room on the sofa by the window and drinking from the largest mug Jenna could find. Jack stared at the big furry creature and built up the courage to speak. Uh, Mr. Yeti, sir, uh, why do you live up a mountain? Humans, said the Yeti loudly, with your guns and your cars and your axes and your noise. I can't be doing with it. I used to live in the empty forests, but I was always bumping into hunters and lumberjacks and big smelly trucks. Mind you, they were all adults. You kids are all right. We're all kids here, said Riley. No adults live in our little town. Is that so? asked the Yeti. Yep, nodded Jenna. You could stay, if you like. If you want to, of course. Could I have a hot chocolate every day? asked the Yeti. Of course, laughed Benedict. Whatever you wanted. With cream and marshmallows, the Yeti said hopefully. Yes, with cream and marshmallows, giggled Riley. So the Yeti stayed, and what's more, he could join Riley and her books every Wednesday at the kitchen table to learn about fractions or the solar system or to read The Hobbit. And because the other children found the Yeti so fascinating, they began to come to Riley's little virtual school, too. And then, when they were done, they'd all head off for a hot chocolate. With cream and marshmallows, of course. The end. <laughs>